Right, welcome to the Football Index podcast. Today I'm joined by TC, otherwise known as Tom. He's got a potato as his profile picture on Twitter. Tom, why don't you start by telling us what the hell all that's about? <laughs> I completely forgot about that. You uh, sprung that on me there. What is that about? So, a couple of years ago, do you remember? This isn't an interesting story, by the way, but there was the super moon. Yes. Thing. Yes. Do you remember that? And it was about the time I joined Football Index. And one of my friends was talking about it and he was basically gutted that he didn't see it. And he asked me if I saw it. I didn't see it either, but I thought that picture of a potato looked oddly like a supermoon. So I just sent it to him on the off chance to see if he'd noticed any difference. And he <laughs> sent me a message back saying, wow, that looks fantastic. So gutted I missed it. <laughs> and that, oh, that's that's good crack so and, uh, yeah. a, 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 something to to remember your your start of football index too yeah exactly and that's um football index was the reason i joined twitter and that picture was on my phone so it just got got put out there and it hasn't changed since but tom why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and your kind of football index journey up until now yeah sure so i um joined just over two years ago now it's uh Gone really, really quickly, actually. I joined up with 50-odd quid initially. I think I found it through the Facebook advert. And I think I'm right. That's still the only time a Facebook advert has ever got me in any way. Well, I mean, it's... same as same as me. Same oh, as really? me. I got I got, I got, got fished by the, uh, by the Facebook ad. So it's done a good job, hasn't it? Yeah, it's done a really good job. So that's where I um, first found it. And I, I was enjoying it with a small bit of money and decided to put a bit more in. And fortunately, I put a bit more money in and put a fair amount of it on Pogba just before he had his um, mental summer of continued media buzz. So that was the real moment for me where I suddenly realised that, you know, actually cumulative, whatever it was, uh, it might even have been 2p media dividends at that time, was it? 5p. 5p uh, 5p media dividends, yeah. So that that was the summer that Pogba won almost a whole month's worth of dividends in, in July, I believe. I think I had a, a couple hundred back then and I was on holiday. And I think the whole time I was on holiday, he won it every single day. And I'd won, uh, he just won me a tenner every single day for maybe <laughs> 12, 14 days. And it was crazy. Yeah. So yeah, that was when I finally, when I first realized that actually these, these dividends add up pretty quick. So that's what hooked me in and it's gone on from there, really. Loved it. Loved it ever since. Brilliant. Well, you do definitely talk some sense on Twitter, which is why I asked you to come on so should we get on to this to the first question yeah go for it right so the first question comes from joe brown he asks if the index should sort their problems out before pushing for more users so i'm assuming this is referring to the recent kind of issues that we've had with transaction histories buying players selling players money not appearing in accounts money disappearing from accounts what's your take on this tom it's a, yeah, it's a really, really good question, I think, and a, a really, really interesting one. My personal opinion, I think now, well, I, I mean, I'll start off by saying I think they're a massive victim of their own success. Um, they've done such a fantastic job with the marketing over the last two years. I think back to when they had, you know, we had like newspaper pages, uh, ads out there, and we were going mental over those, and now we're talking about Sky Sports moxons you know shirt sponsorships this that and the other and i think that has led to such an influx of people that they're a victim of their own success to a great extent but i do think we're getting to the point now where they really need to start 
consolidating what what they've got. Um, you know, I don't I don't want to be too negative about it. I know they're a startup. They're doing a fantastic job, sort of cornering a market, growing quickly. But there are sort of issues that you don't necessarily look at all of them and think these are massive issues. I mean, the the stuff we had last weekend or the weekend before. Maybe, but that's not a regular thing. But you do you do start to look at these now and think, actually, when you put all these together, they sort of need to start digging around and, and trying to figure figure some of these out, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I'm in the same boat as you. I think that they've done such a cracking job so far. It's a shame that something like this has been a slight hurdle which they they haven't managed to yet overcome and i mean it's a worry when someone joins puts 100 quid in say which is probably like a reasonably sized first deposit and buy someone and it doesn't turn up in their portfolio that person isn't going to stay on the index and i think that's the biggest issue we've got here people like you and me who have been on for a while if we miss 50 quid 100 quid even i know some people have missed a thousand pounds in their portfolio because they've been on for so long those things will be rectified and they'll probably stay on but for a newer user these problems are far far more apparent and if i got onto the index now and i put 100 quid in and literally like it disappeared i'd be pretty i'd be, I'd be pretty scared for one and secondly I'm not sure if I would stick around, but I remember in the episode 33 with Mike and Adam, when they talked about minimum viable product, the whole time I was thinking there, they've done such a good job of pushing this minimum viable product. But at the same time, I also thought back to the episode with ASP, the the, the big portfolio man, I think it's 300, 400k now, where he talked about how startups, when they go from that second to third year, you're, you're not really a startup any longer, you become a scale up. And I think Football Index are reaching that point now where they might have to mature, their product might have to mature, and they might have to start working out these kinks because realistically, this is harming their user acquisition and their user retention, isn't it, Tom? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think the the point you make about the, the difference in sort of reaction you'd have between someone who's been on the index for a while and someone who's brand new, like we, we know these problems come up, got absolute 100% faith in the team at F, uh, Football Index to sort of fix any problems, reimburse any money that's gone missing and everything like that. If you're new to this, you sign up, something like that happens. And, you know, these are the people that go onto the Trustpilot website and start telling everyone that it's a con and they tell all their friends it's a con and, and things like that. And it's just been certain things recently have uh, given a really strong impression that they just don't quite have the capacity to, to handle the demand that, they've developed and again it's like in a weird way it is absolute credit to them because they've done a fantastic job of the marketing and we wouldn't be sitting on the seas of green that we've got in our portfolios if they hadn't but you've got things now like the the 100k sweepstake was great but it was a bit crazy it was a bit confusing no one really knew what was going on on a lot of the time you've got the app going on forever the android app i think the beta's been released but i mean yeah i've had the alpha for about a month and it's pretty fine there's nothing wrong with it so you just think you know get it out and iron out little kinks as you go along they've obviously got these tech issues now that are still from what i've seen still actually happening which is a, a little bit of a worry that that's the worry isn't it tom that they are still happening that the problem has been identified 
yet it hasn't been fixed. So what what would your reaction be? I don't know like what your background is, but for me, I'd be looking at third parties to come and kind of audit the the code. And I'm not a te- techie at all, and I don't know what the problem is, but I'd be looking at getting someone in and, and just having a look and seeing like what's going on here, what's what's the problem. They are simple ledger issues, aren't they? You're just moving uh, money from this account to another one or you're moving money from x to y it's kind of a, a simple process when you say it so don't shouldn't they get someone in to, to look at this perhaps yeah i, th- I think they should and I'm, I'm the same as you i have haven't got the first clue about this tech you know um tech sort of side of things so i i don't know what it could be but i think they should get someone in who has got that expertise and you know maybe they are doing that maybe they're just not yeah yeah, yeah. They're not telling us because, you know, they're a, bit, they're a business. They're not going to come out and tell us everything they're doing all the time as much as we, we'd like them to. Yeah, it is a worry that it is still going on. I mean, I'd feel I'd, it's easy for me to say because it's not affecting me, but I feel comfortable that I'd get any money back that I'd lost out on. But at the same time, I can completely understand how people are getting incredibly frustrated. Well, I, I was speaking with a few traders who, who have rather large portfolios and we were all saying and we came to the agreement that we wouldn't really notice if 20 30 40 50 quid went missing here and there so i think the problem remains even after this is all sorted you're still probably going to have to go and filter through everyone's transaction histories and maybe find out that you owe 15 quid here that someone owes you 30 pounds here it's all a bit of a mess but tom why don't you try and put a positive spin on it for me a positive spin on it i <laughs> I don't know. I, I think one positive that came out of it from from my side is that over the over the last sort of, I'd say over the last month or so, they've really, really visibly ramped up their communication. And I think this actually, this tech issue has happened at the most inconvenient time for them, possibly as possible. You know, they've had so many people joining, just as this has, has sort of hit the pan, so to speak, and. They have communicated pretty well on it. I think people are a bit frustrated that they could do more in terms of individual communication, especially over Twitter. Um, but, you know, the, the Twitter accounts aren't linked to your football index account. All they can do is give you like a cursory reassurance, really, over, over Twitter and sort of ask you to DM them with any details. But I think they, they've done all they can on the communication front. They're probably pretty overwhelmed and and that's what i mean they need to start consolidating it and making sure they've got the tech team in place to to deal with issues like this on the on a sort of faster faster yeah on the comm side i think a massive shout out to to mike bowen who, who was on twitter answering so many questions about a week or so ago and he was kind of trying to maintain a bit of calmness about football index twitter because everyone was in a bit of uproar i mean me personally i just kind of stepped aside i didn't really touch the index for four or five days until everything was okay but now that i come back to think of it i may be owed about 50 quid or i may owe 50 quid i I, no one knows but i do think you're right that the comms have improved but we do have to remember that this is such a small team Football Index don't have that many employees and you're trying to deal with, and I estimated maybe 20,000 customers who are actively messaging you. That's a really tough thing to do and I think people need to put that into perspective. You've got 20,000 people, say, and let's say let's say 20,000 active users, sorry, and you have maybe six to eight, maybe even half of those 10,000 that have been affected by this and they go and 
complain to Football Index, message Football Index. There is physically no way that a team of even, I don't know, 30 people in customer services would be able to fix that very quickly, let alone maybe two, three or four. And I'm sure like the way it works in a, in a startup or scale up is that everyone kind of doesn't really have a defined role. <laughs> Everyone's roles are very blurry so i'm sure people have been picking up the slack and i'm sure you've got like designers and marketers and tech people all helping on the customer service side but even then you're still talking maybe 10 12 15 people trying to solve an issue which would be hard to be solved by about 100 people if that makes sense yeah that, that makes sense you're absolutely right and i think that's where <laughs> it's almost sort of this this twitter communication thing is almost a double-edged sword for them because people want more direct communication but as soon as something like this happens you know they, they've set the bar of direct communication unless they absolutely live up to it and respond to everyone they're sort of shooting themselves in the foot so to, to be honest one of the things that i'd like to see moving forwards is a little bit less of a reliance on twitter for spreading news spreading communication answering tech questions about sweepstakes and, and things like that and i'd like to see them move to a sort of more um I don't know. I'm, I'm more, I don't want to say professional means of communication, but something that's a bit more controlled and less ad hoc. I mean, I'm 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 not opposed to the communication actually on on Twitter because a lot of companies mm. do it. This is the modern way of doing things. A lot of people are on social media, and a lot of people follow companies to see what they're doing on social media. This goes in in any industry really that has these kind of modern digital businesses. I don't mind it at all, but it's. The, perhaps the inconsistency if some if you reply to one per again it's a double-edged sword right if you reply to one person then the five other people who have literally just replied to that status are gonna go and probably ask you another question so again it's a massively double-edged sword i think there's at the moment that they, they can't win can they because if they answer everyone then literally everyone with a problem is going to go over to twitter and ask them a question so, so it it is a massively double-edged sword, and you're right, Tom. I totally agree with that. I just I don't think there's any way they can win in this scenario. Unfortunately, it's just kind of come to a head because of this big tech issue that they you know clearly can't solve, but they also can't give the correct assurances that you know everything's going to be okay by Monday because it might take a couple of weeks, it might take a month. We we don't know, but. I think as long as this doesn't have a long-term implication on Football Index's roadmap, I think we're all okay. And I think Football Index are okay. And I, I think we will be okay. I think it'll be fine. And in a couple of months, we'll we'll kind of look back on this like we have with every road bump and say, wow, like look how far we've come. It, it's just in the moment, it feels like a sticky situation. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, it's not the issue itself. It's the it's the response to an issue that, that builds confidence, isn't it? And I'm I'm sure they they'll pick it up over the next week. And I would just there's a lot of people worried just specifically will they get their money back? And I I'd be very confident, being rest assured, that if you're you're missing money, football index are not gonna not gonna withhold it to you, and you'll get it back at some point, one way or the other. Yeah, I I totally agree. If if that's your worry, you're gonna get your money back. It's just a a case of when really which is yeah. obviously not ideal 
It's unfortunate, but it's something that we're all going to have to live with at the moment as a community. But Tom, I think we've we've spent a lot of time on this topic, and obviously it's it's the the hottest topic at the moment on Football Index. But we did have other questions. One came from uh, Ryan Freeland and Lewis Two Thousand. They both actually asked it in exactly the same way. How many users do you expect by the end of this year? Yeah, I saw that. My first question was, how many users do we have at the moment? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, and I answered this the other day, actually. Someone asked me, how many do we think we have in terms of active users? And I said, oh, I don't know, maybe between 15 and 25,000. And the reason I took that figure is if you go back to the podcast with tom from who's got the assist we were talking about how you have about six seven million people start fancy football or fpl every single year and by the end you only have about five hundred thousand active accounts that's only less than 10 percent. so i kind of thought uh, let me let me try and use that for the index as well and i came to about that figure and also judging by a lot of the stats that um joel football index ab from football index edge has done on terms of in terms of how much money there is in the index or how much he estimates that seems like a fairly decent estimate really i think we've got about maybe 165 70,000 signed up accounts so i'd think about i want to hazard and say like between 18 and 25,000 like active users at the moment Okay, and what we got three months left of the year? Or, three, um, uh, year or yeah, like more. so. Let, let's say by Christmas. Oh God, it's it's an impossible one to 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 guess about, really, isn't it? Without looking at the the trajectory of the how it's gone previously. Um, I, I I personally estimated in a, in a blog that we'd be at about two hundred thousand by Christmas. But okay. that's obviously registered accounts. How many we have active? It'd be absolutely amazing if we had like 30,000 active accounts by then. That would be crazy. I mean, I, I'm looking back at, I was the, the 2,000th registered user. And now we have 160,000, 70,000 active, or not active, registered users. And I think at the point, or at the point that I'd signed up, I don't know how many active people there were. Maybe it was probably in the hundreds. So it's crazy how far we've come, but it's it's really exciting to think where we could actually go. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think I can't. I, I've been actually said so. I've got a lot of friends who are on the fence about football index. A lot of friends who are very into their football, very into fancy football, put the odd bet on. And the thing that holds them back is that they're a little bit sceptical about it and they, they don't understand it. And I, I sort of can't emphasize enough how much of an impact having a ad on Sky Sports during the season is, is going to make and having Motti's voiceover on it and having Football Index on the front of a, a League One football team shirt. Just not so much in the sense of putting it in front of new people, but just giving the product that legitimacy and making people think, you know, this is on Sky Sports now. It's not some tiny company that I might lose my money in next week. This is a legitimate, growing and, and very popular new sort of enterprise, so to speak. So I'm, I'm expecting that will have a, a huge impact. So I don't think the numbers you've, you've predicted are, are unreasonable at all. No, well, I hope not. <laughs> but I, uh, picking up on the Bristol Rovers thing, I got a YouTube comment yesterday. I'm not sure if you saw on Twitter. I posted it on Twitter uh, about a guy saying, oh, I've just signed up using your affiliate link. Um, I, I saw Football Index through the Bristol Rovers kit. I'm a massive Bristol Rovers fan. I was like, that's actually amazing. Like, there's a 
genuine effect already and we haven't even properly kicked off the season I think you know the football league started last weekend but we haven't even properly got into the the Septembers the Octobers when people really get engrossed into their football it's just incredible isn't it and if that's the effect that Bristol Rovers have I'm I'm kind of scared to think what the effect Sky is going to have because I've gotten a ton of new followers recently which I don't know if it speaks that much about me it speaks more about football index I'm kind of scared where we're going to be, not this time next year even, maybe even by March, April, towards where when the season is kind of winding down. Yeah, exactly. And then we've got, obviously, if One Direction start picking it up as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> let, let's, let, let's see if we can get uh, let's see if we can get Louis on the podcast. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be, uh, awesome. be f- good fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. But no, I, I think you're right. It, it's growing so quickly. And there's always this sense that you've missed the boat, isn't there? But then something like this comes along and you just think, it reminds you sort of how much further there is to, to go. Yeah, most certainly. I think I'm going to say about 200,000 by the end of the year. That's that's my gut estimate. They're around, give or take, give or take seven and a half thousand. That, that's going to be my <laughs> estimate. Do you, do you want to hazard a guess? I'll go 220. Be optimistic. Ooh, optimist, optimist. Optimistic, unrealistic. We shall see. <laughs> well, well you, you talked about how big this could get and, and missing the boat daily asks what do you think will be the highest price at the end of the season and at what point do you think a share place should be seriously considered share spit the big the big the big question the elephant um, in the room it's kind of gone <laughs> yeah. it, it's kind of gone away hasn't it since uh all the tech issues all the sky ads all the positivity so we had this massive wave of positivity and then we had the the downturn with the, with the tech issues everyone's forgotten about the debate with the share split haven't they yeah yeah well i bet adam's not adam carl's probably not forgotten about it i think he probably had a full set of hair before uh, this issue first got raised it's a, it's a it's a big question for them isn't it but it's an interesting question. So uh, the first bit's ha- the highest price that the players can go at the end, the end of the season. It is interesting because the top players, you sort of have to remind yourself about this all the time. The top players are still such good value. I was just looking at it earlier and you've got, I think you yeah, have Neymar returns sort of, what is it, up, almost getting on for 25% of his current price in dividends last season. Messi did similarly. Ronaldo's upwards of 40 odd percent. And that's after he's just increased in price by God knows what over the last um, last month or two. So there's still there's still phenomenal value, but I think there's it's it's almost more about comparative value um, and where they sit with regards to the rest of the index because you've got plenty of the five pound and less players, which I think people are starting to sort of pick up on this now that have also returned 40 percent of their value over the last season. Even if you go down as, as cheap as your sort of one pound players, there's the odd outlier that's, that's done it down there. So it's what effect that has. It, it, it's sort of a balance between them being good value, but then they're also maybe being similar value elsewhere. Mm, definitely. I think that when you look at the dividend return to the price, there is still value in the top players. And then, then you, if you look further down, the comparative value, some would argue, is even greater. And some would argue that that's obviously harder to to find that value. But uh, th- there is still so much value in the index. I've I've been on record saying that I don't really think a share split is necessary. But I, I do always get worried uh, when we do start hitting the £17, £18, pounds, the £20. Pounds, 
who's going to be buying Neymar then? What's the spread going to be? Because I, I saw a lot of talk on Twitter saying that when players do reach that price, there's no need for a share split. People will just hold for the dividends and those players will just be traded in and out of more. But if the spread is so large, I don't think we're going to see that much trading in and out of those massive players because the liquidity is just going to be less, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's a, a really big issue moving forward. I completely forgot about the, uh, the spreads. That's another thing that's been overshadowed by the last uh, last few months. But you're, you're right, once those spreads are on and it just adds that extra element of, of risk trading in those players, I do wonder where the price is stopped. I, the figure I wrote down was that I would be surprised if there was anyone higher than £16, £17 pounds come the end of the season. And then uh, I quickly thought, unless I think there's, I think the only thing that I can think of that would overcome that is potentially Neymar having a, a long, drawn out transfer to somewhere. Um, I would more err on the side of that there being a three pound, was a three pound plus, or maybe it's a bit smaller now, gap between Messi and, and Neymar and Ronaldo and Salah and, and the rest. I, I would expect more that gap to be closed a little than Neymar pulling any further away and increasing in price too much so that's just my my personal opinion and then the share split um oh, I don't know I have a different opinion about us I think I've sort of got two answers to this question which is a little bit cheating there's sort of a there's this numerical sort of logical argument that it's not needed which I I sort of agree with this like it's not needed the returns are still great. There's people buying the top players. You could go on to say half halving dividends, which I'm sure they would do if they did do a split, a share split. <laughs> you know, is that appealing going forward? So then you could say, oh, the player's just going to rise up again, and we've got the same problem on our hands. In mm, it's it's very cyclic, isn't it, Tom? But it's it, it's it's certainly an interesting one. I think if they want to want to see this excitement continue when those players do hit the the seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty quids. I don't think the share split is the answer, but I don't actually know what the answer is. I saw SOTD and, and SG talking about how comparing it to actual gambling, right? We, we might have to just start to align our expectations to that of traditional gambling where maybe less people profit, but those top players are more traded in and out of. I'm not sure if that's the answer because then your what's unique about your product isn't unique anymore right um it's tough it's a real tough one i don't think there's going to be a share split i don't personally want one i can understand why people who are already on the index want one because obviously they're they're going to profit from it i think it's a short-term fix in terms of accessibility from new users which is like look you have to start looking longer term here right a share split is only going to fix things as you said for three four months before someone else you know gets beyond that I don't know, 10 quid again. People are going to start asking for another share split or a dividend rise, even worse. Then you create this cycle that just never ends. And if that was the way the football index went on forever in that kind of weird, quite laborious cycle, then people would just be able to maximise profits uh, when there's a share split and then when there's dividend rise. And I think that kind of defeats the purpose of the product to some extent because it means you might not necessarily have to have any skill to actually make money on it and you know like that there needs to be something that that separates traders at the end of the day like there needs to be some aspect of it where people who 
have done better will make more money and people who have not done as much uh, who have not done as well will make less money there needs to be a way where football index can maintain the uniqueness of their product make it more accessible for customers and avoid a share split and further dividend rises that's very very hard to do but i think they have the brains behind the scenes to do it i'm not sure what you think yeah i agree i i agree completely and uh, you know i think it was sg was saying that you know these players are going to reach their value point where where people stop putting money money in them and their, their price settles and it's just about making sure they find that point a, a, a price that is affordable for for the majority of people on, on the platform i guess and I, I agree with you they don't need it doesn't necessarily need a share to be a share split there are plenty of other ways they can you know divert some of that money from the top players into the lesser priced players i think we're talking a bit later on about how they can make the cheaper players more appealing and if they can do that and that has a knock-on effect of and i know it's not a zero-sum sort of game but if it has a knock-on effect of drawing some money out of the more expensive players and putting it into the lower end of the market a little bit then that's another way around that that problem of having players that are pushing the 17 18 19 pounds uh, barrier Mm, yeah because it goes in a bit of a cycle when that money comes out the top players goes into the to the bottom ones you then have that cycle start again where the lower players push up in price towards the the higher players that gap decreases and then suddenly people see value in the top players again it it always happens Mm. but what 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 kind of ideas would you have to to kind of uh fix those issues yeah in terms of making the cheaper players more not not in terms of making the cheaper players more uh, attractive, but in terms of the longevity argument. What do you think will be done when we get to... I think we'll probably hit an 18, 19 pound player there or thereabouts. I don't actually know who it will be. I'm not certain it will be Neymar. I, I, I have no idea who it will be. But what will... What, what, what can people... What, sorry. What can Football Index do when we get to those kind of prices? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That's the million dollar question, isn't it? And I'm sure they they are looking at that as we as we speak. The the only real solution I've not it's not even a solution, but it's just it's just focusing on making additional revenue streams really. So 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 making it so that that those players don't dominate so much purely because they're they're winning PB, they're winning media buzzer, and whatever else. So I've seen I've seen people float around the idea of a, a tiered performance buzz. Um, maybe taking some of the bite at least out of those more expensive players but I, I, I don't know what they can do to stop the players that return the most rising and, and maybe they you know they don't need to necessarily do that it's a, it's a tough one yeah I, I definitely like I see what um, SOTD and SG were saying where, where it will become what when people stop buying players when they get to say 20 21 22 pounds and they've kind of reached their fair value with respect to the dividends on offer and maybe that's just the way that football index want to play it and i i wouldn't have a particular problem with that but i do think there'd still be a slight accessibility problem because i don't know in terms of being able to trade in and out of those players more when they go get to those prices it's going to be hard with those spreads so so we'll see what happens but we'll go to the next question Index Guru asks what your favourite league is in terms of investing for PB purposes. Yeah, this was um, yeah, it's an interesting question because I don't really ever look at it in in terms of focusing on a specific league. Um, 
I know some people do that. I, I, I very much look at individual players and their, their role in a team that, that plays a certain way. So it was, a, it was a bit of a new way to look at it for me, but um, I, I guess it depends what you're after. I think there's a lot of good, we've seen already, there's a lot of good value in Ligue 1, Ligue 1 however, you, however you want to say it. The, the French League, they, they seem to end up with, I think they play Fridays quite often, don't they? And a, a couple of sort of single double game days. So there's always a, a lot of value in, in there. Um, and then I, I think I was just looking through the, the list of PB dividend returns, and you can't really get away with the consistent uh, get away from the consistency of some of the players in the, the Spanish league. Um, and that, that obviously is not hugely down to the league. I mean, you think about the French league, that the old uh, adage that it's a farmers league, a, a pub league, and you got Neymar running in circles around people every weekend, which is true to an extent. It's not true anywhere near the same extent in Spain, but you have those real standout players. You've got your Griezmanns, your Ronaldo's, Messi's, Marcelo's, all of those that are so consistently returning dividends. Mm. Well, well, Ronaldo no more. He's no, now course, in Italy, yeah. of course. Uh, I think that's going to bite a few of us in the arse for the next six months. It's going to be so hard and so weird to see him in the event to stop. But, I mean, Italian teams seem to have slightly weird schedules. What I would say is that when we when we get into the, like knockout rounds of europe other like football associations apart from the fa the english one they seem to be a lot more accommodating of those teams that are playing in europe i do remember that you know when real madrid and barcelona are in those latter rounds and when juventus get into those later rounds and when psg get into those later rounds you see them play on a on on weird days like a, as you mentioned a friday even like the thursday week beforehand for for a tuesday fixture um they, they always seem to get the fixture that they want whereas i think in the premier league even though the pb returns are actually surprisingly good considering how competitive the league are it's it's a surprise to me that when we don't when we do get into those latter rounds maybe people start to look at the leagues where play players are completely rested during domestic competitions and then play in Europe. It's a tough one. I, I think leagues, because we've had only one season of PB and we only had it from October, say, it's really hard to make judgment on just one season's worth of data, isn't it, Tom? Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, you never know what's going to happen going forward. Do you, I mean, we might get winter break in, in, in England at some point and, you know, God knows what, what how that's going to going to play with schedules for the rest of the season but yeah it's a really difficult one I, t I tend not to look at it in terms of leagues if I had to pick a favourite league it would probably be the French league um, just because I still think there's good value over there although a lot of that's been hoovered up over the last few months but you're right there's so many variables that it's, it's really difficult to look at it that way hmm, interesting question by index guru yeah. but we'll move on to the next one Chris Dobbs Dobson. Chris Dobson asks who the next breakout player is going to be. I think that's at the tip of everyone's tongue. Everyone wants to know who the next Fakir, the next Bailey, the next Timo Werner is. Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, it depends how you interpret breakout. I don't want to stray into the, the youngsters debate. Um, but I was wondering whether he's talking about youngsters or just you know anyone who's going to make significant progress from, from last season. I don't think they have to be youngsters. I mean, we saw Mohamed Salah 
is not particularly young, but isn't old. He's kind of at that age where you particularly where you expect someone to make a slight step up in terms of performance. And obviously he had an absolute monster year. I think um, he, he mentioned Fakir. He had a very similar one last season. Leon Bailey as well. I think Timo Werner's probably done it for a couple seasons now rather than just last season. Um, you're looking at those kind of players. What I would say is, and I'm, I really am hesitant on, on naming particular players just because I, I get absolutely slaughtered on Twitter whenever I do. Like I, I think I, I remember after the... Um, I was saying to someone, I remember after the South American f- podcast, I got off the tube and I looked at Football Index and like the, so many random South American players had risen just because uh, Simon Edwards had, had mentioned them and he, he hadn't even mentioned them in a particular positive light with uh, <laughs> with some of them. And I was looking at them like, I mean, he didn't say anything to me during the podcast that, that made me think, wow, I need to get on this guy. But I mean, for some reasons, for some reason, for some some people think that that that's a way to go and they, they want to heed his advice or uh, like listen to what he said but that that really uh that was really funny i thought i looked at it and i was like damn that that's some of those rises are ridiculous but um uh but i uh, i didn't even have i didn't even have any of those players it was ridiculous i thought wow uh, uh, i could have i could have made a killing but um back back to this one i think you want to look at players that are relatively young who are playing very consistently in their respective teams or are going to play consistently in their respective teams who didn't play that much last season would you agree with that with that kind of thesis yeah so i um i had a quick very quick think about this on the, on the train just split it down into three groups the first group was exactly that basically the, the players that we know are good pb players but we'd expect to maybe get more game time this year so that you know the players are getting hauled off after 60 minutes, but still racking up half-decent scores and winning the odd PB when they do squeeze in 90 minutes. And again, don't want to name names, but we know what sort of <laughs> we know what sort of players they are. I think the one that, that springs to mind, and I, I don't know how much he'll play this season, was Marek Hamšík at, yeah. at Napoli that everyone had such high hopes for. And then you just saw so much rage on Twitter when he got taken off in like the 58th minute because Maurizio Sarri is an absolute nutter. And maybe that's something that people investing in Chelsea players have to think about, that this bloke is absolutely crazy. You could see Hazard coming off 48 minutes or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. He, he, he would actively take off his best players, which is... For me, stupid. I mean, if I was Chelsea manager, I'd never take off your Hazards, your Kantes. But that's that's not for me to decide, <laughs> is it? No, but you've perfectly teed up the next little group that I um I was thinking about. So just teams with any major changes, basically, to their management, to the way they're playing, uh, and things like that. So you've mentioned Chelsea already, which was the first one I wrote down. But also teams like Arsenal. So you're an Arsenal fan, right? We we're trying not to get too distracted on this, but you know, like God, after what, however many years, managers come in and brought in an actual defensive midfielder who is going to play in defensive midfield. What does that do to other centre midfielders at Arsenal who have been being played out of position for so long, posting decent PB scores, and now might get the chance to go a bit further forward and things like that? Same for for Real Madrid. You've got all the change from Ronaldo leaving there. Uh, what does that do for for Asensio? We've already seen him go up. Will that rise be be proved true? Will it go on on more and more? And are there any other players from that team who are going to step into the limelight? So it's I think teams with a significant change of manager or a change of playing style, we could see 
dividend returns that are at complete odds with with what we've seen last year, both players earning less and players earning more. So it's just a case of being live to that, I think, and, and, and seeing what happens. Oh, I think those are really, really wise words, actually. I saw uh, SOTD, I think we mentioned him a few times now, but he, he says a lot of wise stuff, man. I'm not going to lie. He says a lot of clever stuff. He's a clever guy. I've met him in real life. He's, he's genuinely clever. He's not just putting it on. Um, he, he was talking about someone asked about Isco and Asensio who would fill the void more for Ronaldo and and people were arguing whether one was a better buy than the other and SOTD basically said well you know come two or three months one will definitely be a better buy than the other but at the moment we actually don't know it, it literally is a waiting game we, we have to wait and see how Isco and how Asensio play we could be revisiting this in three months and Asensio could be £5.20 or he could be £3.20. Same with Isco. We could be looking at this back, looking back at this in about three months time and he could be 6 75 and he could be 4 for like four fifty or whatever. Like, I don't know. Like it's, it's impossible to tell at the moment. It's impossible to tell. And with some of these teams that you've mentioned where the variables have changed massively and I've spoken that, and I've spoken about this in, in previous podcasts. You just kind of have to wait and see, really. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the importance of... I mean, everyone's different, but I'm probably going to go into the season with a little bit in the balance just to take advantage of this because the last thing you want to be doing is rushing to sell players to jump on other players, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people, a lot of people are in the same mindset as you, where they are maybe having a weekend in this week yeah. and, and just seeing what happens. And hopefully, if I buy someone who scores... If I'm in this weekend, I'll actually see them in my portfolio, which would be oh, nice. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, on to the next question as we're running out of time. Richard Roberts asks, do you think FI will add anything to the platform to make cheaper players more appealing? And you touched on this earlier, Tom. Go on. Why don't you run us through this one? So I, th- I think they should do. I think, uh, you know, they, they the whole way they're going with this, they need to reach as many people as they can. And it needs to be a platform that, is a positive experience for as many people as they can. And not everyone is going to be shelling out fortunes on, on the big players. I think they, they need to start thinking about that. And I'm sure they are thinking about that in terms of what they can do. Um, we've already had the PB, the tier PB. I think that's going to round the houses quite a lot on, on Twitter. I don't know actually what uh, you might be more on the tier PB. You might be a bit more up to date on what the general feeling is. Um, positive I, th- I, th- I think, uh, Tier PB is is a strange one for me because what then happens is a lot of people have bought Neymar at nearly fourteen pounds, thinking he could one on one day win twenty three p back. Suddenly, if you change that to be instead of eighteen p for the winner, you go ten p, six p, two p, or whatever. However, you do it, that's that's far less than what he could have returned. And those things add up. And I think if the problem is, if you made tier PB now, the price of the top players would fall dramatically. And I I think that's a decision like that would be unfair for a lot of people who have a lot of money and not only players who are 14, nearly 14 pounds like Neymar, but players that are two pounds, one pounds 50, who are purely for PB. Suddenly those players might have more of a chance of winning tier PB but they would then need more of those PB wins or more of those top scores to return 
dividends. On the other hand, I guess you could say that, well, Neymar might not have to actually be that affected uh, because instead of winning, um, you know, 10 star players in a year, and I don't know how many he's going to win this season. I'm sure he'll win a couple. Uh, say instead of winning 10 star players, uh, he now needs to win 10 star players and come second four times and third eight times throughout the season to make the equivalent dividends up. That's plausible. It's possible. Like He could definitely do that. So it's something that Football Index would have to do a lot of analysis on and see whether or not it would affect those top players too much because if i th- i think if they if it did it would it would kill a lot of traders and it would make them very unhappy with the product yeah no i, I think you're absolutely right and i think one of the things you can absolutely guarantee is if they did introduce something like that there'd be a, a massive market overreaction regardless of the the potential impact so it's not to be done without significant thought and, and consideration that's for sure well um, i always i always go back to the um the customer acquisition and retention thing right if you bring someone on or onboard someone they stick 100 quid in and suddenly you look at your portfolio you're down 40 pounds and you don't actually know why you go onto twitter you've look you look at these rules that have changed and you you, you weren't even set on the rules beforehand you're now trying to grasp the rules that, that have just been created again yeah i think i think it's just too messy i think there's too many people on i think when the first share split happened there weren't as many users when they first up dividends though this it was like this time last year there wasn't actually that many users so i think now you're you're looking at a very sticky time where one you don't want to piss off like a lot of people who have been with the product since its inception and two like ah I don't know. It, it, it's just a tough one because you have so many people now that are spreading this product with word of mouth. You don't want to piss them off, really, do you? No, no, you're exactly right. And then ugh, this is, see, this unravels all around the scoring system and everything like that, doesn't it? Really? Oh yeah, so yeah. We, we, we won't get into again, it. We but, won't. Um, I, I, I'm just not so. I, I don't know. I don't know what would be the best idea. I, I think. I think in a, in a couple other podcasts we talked about how we just need stability for a while. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, I don't. If you ask me if anything needs changing in the next six months, I would say no. I, I just, I'd like to. There's going to be plenty of opportunities to profit as the season starts, as players do better and worse from last season. I, I'd say give it. You know, it would be the absolute worst time to do something during the middle of the season. Yeah. So yeah, we're, realistically, we're looking at next summer now. Anyway, for anything like this, I would assume. Uh, index index big made a really good point in the last episode uh this was uh steve he said that we haven't actually had a full season where the rules have been as they are now like remember pb was actually it was meant to start september time near the beginning of the season but didn't actually start until nearly october i think right yeah something like that yeah so so we haven't actually even had a full year of it like we need to give this thing a chance to breathe and just to, to marinate in, in the current form of uh, in the set of rules that we have. Yeah, and it, it all comes back to the, uh, I think there are other things they could be spending their time fixing and addressing before we, we get down a route that could open up another massive can of worms and a whole new wave of tech issues and God knows what else. Um, yeah, I, I, I cringe at the thought of, of um, trying to 
change change something and then it being a tech issue like i i just i don't know if oh, I, I, yeah it'd be it'd be it'd be it'd be so hard i'd feel so bad for the customer services guys if, if that happened but yeah i i for me personally i think just let it air for a bit and 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 just see where we are in as you said maybe six months nine months time but uh, on to our last question this was a slightly strange one but i thought it was quite interesting mm-hmm. f ft atleti yeah is that what was that? I don't know. I can't. <laughs> you're you're hearing that these actually, noises way louder than that. Do you know what? That sounded like like a like a remote control helicopter or a drone. Oh really? No, I've not. I've not Weird. seen anything. <laughs> anyway, all right, we'll go back. So, FT Atleti asks, "Do you think Scottish Premier League teams and players should be added to the index?" Well, I mean, some of them already have been added but i think he's talking about more scottish premier league teams there are only a minor celtic amount i think there's a few ranges as well if so would there be much of a market for them yeah it's an interesting question um but when any, whenever anything like this comes up i always think whatever gives people more opportunities to make money the, the better but you've got a question uh, so ipoing the whole whole league uh, most of these uh, i i wouldn't I, I say yes, it would be useful, but that these players are only going to get value what, when they're linked to, to PB League transfers or if, you know, there's any, some sort of media buzz scandal that hits the, uh, the SPL. So I, like, I'm no doubt there's, there's good, good players in there. But I think given that they haven't um, IPO a lot of Premier League players at the moment, that has to be their focus given the you know it's a pb league and things like that whether that's right or, or wrong or you know is is another thing but i think they need to focus on getting all the players the the, the prominent players from the, the ipo the sort of the pb leagues before they they go down to scotland but yeah i think it's a you know whatever gives people more opportunity to, to profit the better so yeah, it certainly wouldn't be against it for any reason yeah, I wouldn't think it's their priority. Yeah. And I also wouldn't want to see lots of players IPO that are just never, ever going to get any price movement. We've seen like a, a lot of like Japanese and Saudi Arabian players now on the index that are just not going to move until maybe they get taken out. Maybe Football Index need to instill a rule that if a player doesn't have any... I always think that they should have done this, actually, especially with the, the whole James Milner fiasco. I think if a, if a player literally hasn't been bought hasn't been sold in a certain amount of time i i think that player should just go and then be ipo'd again if there's demand for him because it doesn't make sense right james milner's not two pounds 30 anymore but when he was people didn't buy or sell him well no one bought him and no one owned him for for a long time so uh, it's hard like if you if you do have these guys who are like 40 50p and they literally don't have any ownership and they probably won't have for a while just take them off and just re-ipo them if they ever come under some transfer links as you said to pb leagues or if they start crazily performing well uh in in yeah. one of their respective leagues i, I don't know it's, it's always been a strange one for me yeah i I don't know. I think targeted IPOs are, are not bad but you don't want them flooding the market as you say with stagnant players Especially when, um, you know, they've got players that uh, someone pointed out yesterday that David Astori is still on, on oh, the man. index. Yeah, I, so I, I, you know what? I always want to point that out and I, I feel, you know, terrible yeah, for know, doing yeah, so. Yeah. But it's, it shouldn't really 
be there anymore like it's it's not really it's not really fair i mean it, it makes people feel quite strange when i assume when people see his face or his name it's 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 not really nice yeah exactly i, I mean nothing bad by it but just you know flooding the market with more ipos that aren't gonna move it's another thing for fi to, to worry about isn't it mm, yeah i think if you ipo'd like everyone in the scottish league and four percent had ownership or whatever or let's say 10 percent, because people do tend to go crazy over ipos it it it's still not worth it i don't think the upside is worth the the potential amount of players that you have that is just stagnating and, and doing nothing much really i think it's as you quite rightly said they they have other priorities and i don't think this is near the top of the list i think that once we move into other territories and by this i mean like other european countries we might see not only them being more of a pb influence as in more players from their leagues being ipo'd but we might see more of a media influence i think in the the podcast with mike and adam i always refer back to it because obviously there was a, a lot of good info there they, they did say that they would probably consider media buzz uh sources from other countries once they expanded into other countries because at the moment we're very uk centric there's not that many people in uh sweden i'm not sure if canada and ireland are launched yet but obviously i think they've been put on hold until the the tech stuff's sorted out uh which i don't blame them for but i guess if you move into a spain and italy a, a portugal whatever then you're probably going to start looking at maybe those leagues a bit more and maybe looking at, I don't know, making it more accessible for people from that country to, I don't know, have, have a slight affinity with with Football Index, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. I, it, but yeah, as you say, there are, there are other priorities, just both in terms of uh, leagues to IPO and also other sort of technical issues, aren't there? But you know, not, nothing against the, the Scottish League. I don't mean to be dismissive of it, of it at all. I, I have absolutely nothing against the Scottish League as well. <laughs> That's a good disclaimer. Right, Tom, I, mate, you've you've been fantastic today. Where, where can uh, where can people find out more about you? Because I think we've we've just about run out of time. Yeah, of course. We'll just look for the potato. Really, I guess is all I, I should say. But <laughs> look look um, for the supermoon. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, supermoon. Um, but yeah, my my handle is at uh, tcber. I think it's the underscore on the end. So yeah, message me whatever. That's fine. Brilliant. Yeah, do follow him. Clearly a, a clever bloke. And if you're looking for more Football Index content, please head over to the YouTube channel. Finally, 1,000 subscribers after over a year of content. So thanks everyone who's supported along the way. And do give it a like, share it with your friends. And yeah, if you're looking for some other football content, I don't know if you guys have heard, I started a new podcast called The State of Play. If you want to check that out, it was uh, actually in the new and noteworthy uk podcast charts which is absolutely insane i was pretty sure itunes made a mistake because it was up there with some really heavy hitters uh so shout out to itunes for maybe making a mistake and putting my podcast up there but that was that was good fun that's with uh, matt santangelo who's, who's been on the podcast or the football index podcast a few times talking about Serie A and, and a lot of other footballing things but yeah thanks so much for listening guys if you did enjoy that please do leave a review i love reading them they really do motivate me and they just help make the podcast look better it, it, it gives us a, a sense of community about it and uh, yeah please do leave questions for me on on twitter for future podcasts and 
I hope you enjoy your commute. This is probably the longest outro I've ever done. Thanks, everyone.